the incidents that I was laughing so hard, but it also inspired the title of, the, of what I want to speak with you about because um, it's exactly what we need right now. And if you'll go to if you'll go to Proverbs chapter three, and I was admit, I was um, giving this uh, to our early class this morning. Go to Proverbs chapter three. It's a really amazing, amazing verse. The Lord reminded me that if you really want His character and His heart, then one of the things you will need to do is envelop, digest, ingest Proverbs. If you really, and for those of you that re- are serious about, if you're really serious about progress, leadership, relationship, and Proverbs is like daily food. It's not emotional. It's just true. But it's applicable, and when you, as you read it, you'll say, all of a sudden, it, now you're looking at something that directly impacts what you're in, where you're going, what you're doing, the way you're thinking. It's amazing. I recommend it to you, the book of Proverbs. Actually, there's 31 of them, one for every day, even when there are 31 days of the month. I, I must tell you that from the very beginning of our relationship with the Lord, this is one of the books that the Lord gave us, gave me, and I've, I've, I've ingested it, digested it as much as any other book in the Bible. And uh, just, uh, I don't know, this was an, uh, an amazing experience. It was like an epiphany for me. Uh, I, I was drawn back by the Holy Spirit away from my computer. This is a miracle. Away from my iPad. This is a second miracle. I was actually away from my iPhone 10 Plus. It's a miracle. I was, I was directed away from that. I put that all aside, and I rummaged through the stacks on my desk, and I actually found my original Bible. When I say original, I don't mean from the very, 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 very beginning. Some of them, I don't know where they are. Uh, uh, but, but this one is at least 20 years old. And if I, I pulled it out, and it was, it, it's a mess. It looks horrible and, uh, from appearance. But I opened it up, Proverbs, and wow. Wow. All my red ink notes are still there and still readable. Amazing. So I'm going to talk about one of the most powerful Proverbs, verses in Proverbs ever written. I think what God gave us through Solomon is just monumental. I don't diminish any of the importance of other books. It's just that this one should be a daily diet because it actually helps shape and form character in you. It's amazing. But Proverbs chapter 3, I think, is one of the most powerful chapters in Proverbs. And I like to cite Solomon as uh, one of, the, one of the, the vessels that the Lord used. Uh, his whole upbringing in life was important because his mama, his, Proverbs are the things he wrote down that his, actually his mother spoke to him and his father spoke to him. And, and the, as tradition goes in history, they arranged it in 31 in 31 topics, uh, and each of the chapters of Proverbs follow the Hebrew, the Hebrew language. It's quite amazing, quite amazing. It's an amazing book. So, 
Anyone, anyone find Proverbs chapter 3? What does verse 5 say? Can somebody read it really, really loud? Proverbs 3, 5. Get it for us, Ken. He, he, that's like, he acts like he's memorized this. Just that first phrase is enough. How, what does it say? Pass it on to your sister, your brother sitting next to you. That's the word of the Lord for them. Trust in the Lord. You can start breaking it down if you wanted to, you know. You could break it down. You could say stuff like, the first word is, then you start asking yourself, what does that mean? Because some people have abandoned that word when it comes to relationships. Some people have abandoned that word. Leave it up for me, sir. Some people have ab abandoned that word when it comes to the Lord in certain areas of their life. Today, you're going to get it back. Because you can't live without this. You know, in the New Testament, it's like this. For without faith, it is impossible to do what? And here, Solomon, a thousand years later, saying, before saying, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Not yourself, not your circumstances. For God's sake, for heaven's sake, not your feelings. But in the Lord. This is a kind of amazing passage. I want all my children to memorize this verse as, as almost, almost as a mantra. That I go by this. Bottom line of everything I'm doing is stated right here. I trust you. Go to the New Testament, you find out that's the only way you can be saved. Tell your neighbor what I said. That's the only way you can be saved. There ain't no other way to be saved. No, no, none. Talk about a narrow gate. That's the narrow gate right there. That's how you spell it. T-R-U-S-T. You talking about the, the gate, the eye, and the camel through an eye of a needle? That's the eye of the needle right there. You got to get low. Got to take everything off. Got to believe. Lord, I trust you. Big deal. Trust in the Lord. And it's amazing. He did say, I'm going to show you how you're going to trust him. I want you to trust him with, somebody help me right now, with what? Lord, have mercy. Oh, your heart. The Lord was speaking to us the other day. He said, you know, you don't do very well when you're not wholehearted. He says, the only way you please me is when you have your whole heart in it. I think for a lot of God's people, that's a, that's a struggle they're having right now. Because their heart has been stolen by pieces, cut into pieces. And their heart has been bartered for by many, many things to get our attention, our affection, and yes, even our obedience. So in many cases, our hearts have been divided in terms of what we trust in in many, many ways, the enemy comes at you and I to get us divided in our trust. So we end up placing our trust in so many things that cannot help us or that give us a temporary fix, like a drug that really gives you euphoria for the moment when wore off, you're in worse condition than you were before. 
So this wise man, Solomon, said, I agree with that, baby. This, this, this wise man said, trust in the Lord. Adonai. I haven't looked behind, I haven't, I don't, I haven't looked behind this uh, elder carpet to see which rendition of Lord it is. You, you might have an opportunity to do that. Shout it out to me when you can. Trust in the Lord with all your, in the Lord with all your heart. And when the Bible uses heart in this realm, it really is speaking about the whole of you. That means the innermost shown of that which makes you, you, you. It's actually more than emotions. It includes it, but it's more than that. It's more than intellect. It includes that, but it's more than that. This word, when it's used this way, heart, refers to the inner part of man, his soul, his heart. We would say in the New Testament, his spirit. One reason why this is so important, because I need somebody to, I need somebody to, to I need, uh, uh, who's, my tr who's my trusting soul today? Who, is it, you took me? <laughs> Are you my trusting soul today? I was trying to get somebody that you know nobody would actually expect. They see you, they adore you, they really love your voice and, and, your, and what you bring to worship is wonderful, really. You can clap, it's all good. <laughs> I was thinking about somebody they don't normally get to see up here that Antonio. Antonio. Antonio? always downstairs. Oh, Antonio's always downstairs. Yeah. Um, he looking at me real soon, oh God, you gonna call me Jesus. Uh, no, how about brother, brother man? You know, you know, got that shaggy dog look right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that, that you know, shaggy dog look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get right in here. Yeah, it's really amazing. Cause all you have to do is, if you if you want a good illustration, if you want a good laugh, you're feeling down one day, you're not feeling good, then just go go to Google and and type in trust fall. You type in trust fall, and, and you, it, oh, it'll crack you up. And, and, and it's great. So what happens here is, is uh, my brother, tell them who you are. Speaking to Mike. Jalen. Mm -hmm. yes, what do you do for a living, Jalen? I go to Georgia State. Yes, and what are you studying for, Jalen? Financial real estate. Financial real estate, really? Finance and real estate. Is it a double major? Showing up, you're gonna be bad, woo wee. Okay, good, may Lord, may the riches come, may the riches come, and may they come quick, amen. So once down in, into that stage here, if you would, sir. Yeah, and face me. So I was, I was looking on Trustfall on, on the internet, and what I discovered was uh, people don't know what this is, so. <laughs> and let me give my brother some instruction back here so that so you be confident. Yeah, amen. So, so brothers, I like this arms like that, like that. Now bring them in, close, so they're touching each other horizontally. At like this, yeah. No, no, that in, yeah, in. There you go, in, Marcus, in. Yeah, that's, that's very powerful. And make sure those, make sure your fingertips are almost touching the person in front of you. Now I, I'm doing this because I want him to be assured that that he can trust these brothers. He can trust them. So what he going, what he's going, what Jalen's going to do is put his hands on his chest like they do in the casket. He gonna close him. Him gonna close him eyes. And uh, when I count to three, him gonna fall backwards. He ain't gonna flinch. He gonna totally let go. 
and he going he going trust the person's good illustration of trust he going trust the persons that that have his picture in mind now what's funny if you really want to see something funny is the expression on the faces of the ones who are about to catch him like <laughs> one two three Let him down easy. No, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Come on up. No, 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 no. Up here. Up here. Jalen, hang in, hang in here a little bit. Uh, and uh, would you, here's Jalen's partner. Yes, sir. Come on, brother. Up, up here. Yeah, yeah. So, it's really a beautiful thing. So, I, I, now, assume the position. Thank you so much. Assume the position. So you can get closer. You can get closer to each other shoulder-wise, arm, arm, wrist to wrist. There you go. Very good. So the deal is that th there's a proverb we're working with. Put the proverb back up. There's a proverb where maybe one of the most important proverbs that ever was written. It certainly is one of the most famous. It has to be in the top five. Read it for me, saints. What does it say? Come on. Come on. Oh, you don't have that one. We'll, we'll get that one later. We'll go there. We'll stay right here. We'll stay right here. Stay right there. So go to the end of the stage, sir, and, and face me. Yeah, very good. So you didn't have any previous instruction about this, right? No, you didn't know this was going to happen to you today. You didn't know that your coming in at the time you did was actually pro was orchestrated by the Holy Ghost. You didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were just going to, you know, kind of, arms there in the shoulder right there and when I count to three I just want you to let yourself go and just fall back and these brothers that are got you back here if you could see the look on their faces you know they're, they're thinking like this and you better not move you know they're thinking each, each other you better not we better okay so so it's an amazing thing one two three <laughs> very good very good how was that any pain any pain no pain. All right. Awesome. Amen. Give him, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Awesome. 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 You know, uh, assume the position. Okay. So assume the position. Are we looking at somebody? Who are we trying to get? You trying to get pop? You trying to get pop? Well, we're going to have pop dive. Okay. Assume the position. Yeah, assume the position. Come on, pop. I don't know how much time left. Quote the, quote the verse again, please. What does it say? With what? So there's a positive and there's a negative. What's the positive? And what's the negative? Okay. So I think what we could do, if we got back here, you know, and we just took a flying leap and just went, you know, they could catch it. What do you think? <laughs> okay. You all right? Mm -hmm. So whenever you're ready. Yeah. Right. Everybody. Y'all ready? 
Crazy. Uh, so what do we do in church? Well, we played catch the body. Okay, all right. We played catch the body. Oh, I. Oh, we 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 uh. Okay, assume the position, brothers. Excuse me. Before this, you know what is amazing? What is it that causes people to trust? Hmm? What is it that allows trust to be opposite of anxiety? What is it that causes that comfort? Familiar with what? See, in, in, in every case, everybody standing here had to make a decision. There's a point before you take a step, you have to let something go. What is amazing about this is this is actually the walk of our life. Wherever we want God, wherever we want the progress in God will require us to make steps. You believe that these guys are not going to say, while he's in the air, say, what a pill. <laughs> By the way, when you go online, you see folks actually doing that. What's even worse, they told the guy, okay, we're all behind you, and we, and we just fall back, and the guy falls forward. Bad news. Yeah, ready. What is it that makes you go, here he is! Oh! Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. You may take your seat. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. You may take your seat. I was, I was thinking when he dove forward, I was thinking when he dove forward that, that his wife was thinking, don't hurt the jewels, amen. All right, anyway, what is amazing to me is in this verse of scripture, trust in the Lord, put it back up, sir, with all your heart and do what? understanding. Next thing, but see, some, most, many of us know this by, in, by, by verdim already. Adonai? Adonai, right? Adonai. Tiffany, what does Adonai mean? Mm. If he's master, it is an insult not to trust him. He's reliable. He will not let you fall. He will not disappoint you. You can lean No matter how dangerous, no matter how risky, tumultuous be the situation, 
He remains Adonai. We think about it, master, ruler of everything. When, when Solomon gives this, and by the way, when you peruse through the third uh, chapter of, of, of Proverbs, it is, it is amazing. If you, if you look closely enough, it'll show you how to, how to receive wisdom, which is a product that comes from Adonai. So that in everything that you do, you are exemplary. You are excellent. You are prosperous. And the Lord want, is now raising up a company of believers that have that kind of integrity, that have that kind of character, that have that being of person. That's who he's raising up. So put it up again, sir, if you would. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. And don't lean on your which is a problem for many of us because we uh, have been trained to lean on ourselves. Sometimes things will go opposite of what you have prayed and what you're believing. Sometimes things will go opposite of what you've prayed and what you're believing. And when they do, this is when leaning not on your own understanding is important. Trust is important when you have a situation that is not yet appeared to be what you're praying for. Trust, trust, uh, man, what an incredible, what an incredible word. It's like looking at two forks in the road and you, you know what, what road says, you know what he says you should do. But there's one road that looks so much easier, simpler. You look at what he said, you go, oh, you're kidding me? You look at what he said, and, and it looks like, oh my God, I gotta climb that. You look over here, and it's like all the way, downhill all the way. Yeah, you better believe it downhill. Now this verse of scripture uh, hammers on us and uh, speaks to us today that we need to trust God because there are times you feel like you are falling. And he said, trust me. You know the old joke. He's hanging on a ledge, 50 stories high. He's crying out for help. Lord, help me! 25 stories below, they've constructed a net. And they say, let go! You know what he says. Is there anybody else who can help me? I, I do get that, Gracie. Because when the Lord asks you to trust him, listen to me, when the Lord asks you to trust him in a situation that really doesn't look good, it doesn't feel good, and even worse, when it doesn't make cognitive sense. When he asks you to do that, it is an opportunity for him to be glorified because he knows you can't bring the outcome by yourself. 
And if you take the road the Lord asks you to take, only he can gird you. But when he does, my God in heaven, everybody knows. You come out looking like a hero because you trusted God. You say, well, I don't want any situations in my life like that. Well, you, you got a sad existence to live your life void of any, to live your life void of any danger. <laughs> really, devoid of any danger, any conflict. A life with no argumentation, a life with no, with, 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 what's worse for believers is when all their bills are paid and they are comfortable, but they don't have their dreams. You know you need God to help you when you're, ha when you're happy in your present condition and there are no risk in your life. Do you know how, many, how much money Americans spend to, to eliminate risk in their life? A whole lot. And what, the the, um, the um, foolishness of this, the foolishness of this is that life doesn't exist. I want to tell you, when God gets a hold of your life and God wants to rule your life, this word, you'll have to lean on it. You'll have to, in, you'll have to chew it up. You'll have to digest it. You'll have to uh, eat it again and again. Trust me. I'll tell you what, it's an applause to you if God puts you in a situation where you need to trust him. It's a hoorah for the angels when somebody says, okay, Lord, okay, Lord, I will, I'll trust you. And the angels go, yes, because that means they get to go to work. So before we enter into next week, I'm going to give you this, I wanna, I'd like to give you this quick trust fall so that you are, you will be promoted. By the way, all that trust in the Lord with all your heart, can you, are you okay on the verses of scripture, um, Kenny? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and what else? But. In all, how many ways? Is there anything, is there anything not included? Pardon me, sorry sir, I won't do that again. Is, is there anything excluded? When it says all, you mean your public ways. You mean your private ways. You mean your interpersonal ways. You mean all your business dealings. You mean as a parent, all your ways. You mean as a son, as a daughter. That's why this is one of the greatest, one of the greatest proverbs ever written. Because it encompasses life. In all your ways, do what? I'm sorry, what is it? Acknowledge him and? It suggests that in, in trusting God, there may be a situation where you don't know what to do. He'll need to reveal something to you. And that's why I want to recommend to you that, that incredible book of Proverbs, particularly right now, Proverbs 3, because it has, it holds some direction for your ways. And, and, and the Bible says, and he will, you know, 
uh, think King James says, direct your path. The New American Standard, make your path straight. If you look behind the language, you'll see it's a very powerful translation. Where it was crooked, I'm going to straighten it up. Where you didn't know, I, I can't see my way. And a lot of people, it's a problem when they get, to, get, to, get into the press, they can't see their way. And they'll actually say that. I can't see my way through. I don't know how to, then what, I got to go back and say, Lord, how do I trust you? And what the Lord do, you'll know when the Lord just makes that thing, just like, here's what, here's what you do. Ooh, Lord, that looks risky. Well, trust me or not. You got to make sure I'm going or I'm not going. So this is one thing I, I have uh, I, I, I realized. Um, when you trust God with all your heart, Mark eleven twenty two says this, and Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. Whoever says to this mountain, now we got a challenge. Whoever says to this situation, whoever says to this obstacle, Whoever says to this opposition, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted. Check this out. Therefore, I say to you, that's Mark 11, now uh, 24. Therefore, I say unto you, all things for which you pray, all things for which you pray and ask, big word, believe, that you have received them and they will be granted you. What? Believe that you have received them and they will be granted you. What kind of language is that? Talk, don't, act, don't, don't, don't treat God like he's a two-year-old. I got, you got to give him my candy right now. He said, you believe. See, belief and that trust is before you have or you're handling, it's a better word, you're handling what you're praying for. This is amazing, isn't it? What kind of life is that? When the Lord says, you believe that you received and you will, it, they will be granted you. Excuse me, pardon me, is, there, is everybody on the same page, verse 24? Uh, is it, I mean, uh, uh, verse 24, are you there? Okay, good. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, what about it? Without comma, without comma, without asterisk, without semicolon, none of that, no punctuation. <gasps> right into the next verse. Read the next sentence. Read it out loud. What? What? Write it down in your notes so you know. Faith and forgiveness are connected, inextricably connected to each other. You need to trust. You need faith to go where God wants you to go, to receive what God wants you to receive. And what is connected to that? When you stand praying, by the way, I, I started this message preparation on the posture of prayer. 
In this case, it says when you stand praying. So this is the implication that I'm making proclamations about my future. I'm making declarations about what you have spoken to me. I'm not on the defense, I'm on the offense. When you stand praying, what does it say? I couldn't hear that because it was kind of low. <laughs> Forgive. Come on. If you have. Back it up, please. If you have what? Against who? I'm sorry. That just chaps my. I want you to know that just gets me because that don't leave nothing out, John. Nothing. I want God to manifest what he promised. I'm willing to stand and proclaim it. Believe that I have it. And then he said, and when you stand praying, uh, you've got to get this right in your heart. I'd like to declare that this next verse is, gives you authority to stand and proclaim. I think maybe some of you might be thinking, oh, that's why I didn't get that. I was trying to ask God to do something and I wasn't willing to do what he wanted me to do. I'm trying to trust God, trust God that I don't have to deal with the issues in my heart, those very issues that keep him from giving me, manifesting in my life what I desire. He said, when you stand praying, he said, I want you to forgive anyone for anything. Oh, Lord, that's hard. Jesus. So here's, here's my my experience when I start praying talking to the Lord if, the, if there's any such thing like that the Holy Spirit will go excuse me and right in the middle of your prayer just comes right there for you say, oh Jesus am I the only one strange like that or do I have any other strange ones with me if you are raise your hand and look around when you start praying to God and you want God to do something, particularly when it's really tough and you need God to answer, and what will he do? He will bring up before you the situation, the thing, the person, whatever it is that demands forgiveness. I'm sorry, but you need to clap your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me that piece of, of invaluable information. Because when you do this, when you do this, watch God. Here's what I've discovered. If dealing with that can be tougher than believing for what I don't have yet. God knows this. And now, now that I've got you thinking about this, because I know you're thinking about it, yeah, go ahead, bow your head, right there, right there where you sit. <laughs> you know I love you, don't you? I love you. Because some of you, you, you haven't done this. And the Holy Spirit will say, you know what you said? You know what you said? You know how you feel about them. Why would he do that? Because he wants the will of God to be glorified in your life. And he glorifies himself in answering our prayers that are according to his will. We know we have the things that we petition from him. Because when we stand praying, when the issue of forgiveness comes up, we do it right 
thing, Lord. I let them go, Lord. I and raise your head now. Look at me, because I think I think I did it last week at the end of the service. But one of the ways you can you can demonstrate how to forgive a person is tear up the IOU, tear it up so you can't put it back together again. Destroy it, delete it from your computer, get it off your phone, get it off your Facebook, get it off your Instagram, whatever it is. Obliterate it and say, you don't owe me. You don't owe me this. In fact, I owe you. Owe no man anything but the love. When you do this, when you do this, your heavenly father is pleased. Y'all okay? Because when I instruct you in this today, if you can receive the instruction of the scripture today, you, are, you will not lack for answered prayer. He is trustworthy. He will catch you. He will answer you. Don't let there be an argument in heaven against you. Are you guys okay? Look at Matthew 5. Hurry now. He said, now you heard the ancients, you know the ancients are our, our fathers. You have heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the, before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into a fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. That makes a lot of sense to those, the Hebrews, who were used to their worship involving sacrifice. Always, they were to bring something to the Lord. That's the way they worshiped the Lord. But not only were they to bring it, they had to offer it to be destroyed. You take a sacrifice, a gift, an offering, and you destroy it. You destroy it for you. Because when you destroy the offering, you destroy the sacrifice, heaven manifests something for you. It was a way of saying to God, all my help comes from the Lord. All of my well-being is from the Lord. All that I have has come from him. Therefore, it is nothing for me to bring something that says, Father, Father, I am because you are, and I offer this to you, and God would... And the smoke would go up to God as a sign that this is acceptable. And if the smoke went in your face, it means it wasn't. This is the case you have with Cain and Abel, but we'll talk about that later. It's true that even in the New Testament, our worship should involve what we sacrifice to the Lord, what we destroy. What I mean by destroy, it means I will not use that. It's no longer in my possession. It is offered up to God. And now we don't throw it up so we can catch it because you can't throw that high. <laughs> but we give it up. Look at you and say, give it up. Uh, ding, 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 ding. 
thing about Marvin Gaye, I, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> so he says, he says, when, you, when the Hebrews came in, they, they couldn't burn it. They, they bought it, but they couldn't burn it. So they had to leave it, go, get the situation right, then come back, then they burned it, and it would be acceptable to God. And they knew, I'm cool, he got me. Isn't that amazing? Oh, So, <laughs> be first reconciled to your brother, then come and present your offering. Do, here's another translation, do what is necessary to be friends with your brother again. Isn't that interesting? Be, do what is necessary to be friends with your brother again and become friends again. That's what it means. He is your brother, but become friends again. How many of you know you can have a brother and you're not friends? And God said, I'll tell you what, when you're mad or angry with your, your, you're angry with your brother, he said, let me tell you how heaven sees that. You're in libel of court. Somebody's going to take you to court. And if you don't get that right, you're going to jail. He confirmed that in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 down through 20-something. He confirmed it, that if you don't get that right with your brother, then you're going to jail. Tap your neighbor and say, please don't go to jail. Don't go to that jail. Please don't go. I know some of you think, he, he, he talks about this, he, he talks about the, you know, the servant that owed his master and then went to his master and said, Lord, please, he's just pleading with him, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. And, and, he's, and he said, because the servant had actually misused what didn't belong to him. And when the master came for his portion, the servant had misused it. He said, okay, I'm coming to click. He said, I don't have it. I know I owe it. He didn't deny he owed it. He knew he owed it. He said, forgive me. Forgive me meant would you in some way, somehow, I don't deserve this, but treat me like I don't owe you anything. A big request. Your request now is, is according to the heart of the person you're asking. Jesus goes on to tell the story, said the master forgave him. Wow. It didn't kick him out. Some of y'all would have fought. Fired. Fire. I forgive you, but leave right now. You've proven yourself to be untrustworthy. I won't charge this to your account, but you can go. That's what we've done, right? In the story, he didn't even fire him. He said, I, I, he thought about it. He said, I, I'll forgive you. But the same servant had some other servants himself that owed him. And he grabbed him by the throat. Give me what, give me, <laughs> give me what, pay me what you owe me. And, and, and basically, he said, I'm going to take you to jail. And some of the fellow servants heard about it and went back to that servant's master and said, you know what he did? I can't believe he what he did. And the master heard about it and said, hey, come here. How many of y'all know when you hear that, you're in trouble? <laughs> Didn't I, some of you know the story. It's in Matthew 18. You can find it there. Didn't I forgive you everything you asked me? If, if I could, if I could, 
relate this to our times. Didn't I forgive the millions you owed me? And you couldn't forgive the hundreds that were owed you? My act of graciousness in your life obviously didn't translate into your heart. Because if my graciousness towards you would have translated into your heart, transferred to your heart, then you would have seen what they owed you as nothing. You would have said, I've already been paid by what I misused of the masters. His master said, guards, come here. Throw this man in jail until he pays everything I forgave him. Now that was, you know, when you read that, say, wow, that, then you know what, that's right. People read that and say, that's right. He, didn't, he wouldn't forgive hundreds, he owed me, oh, no, that's right, take him, take his to jail. Right? But until Jesus comes back in after the story, he says, and so shall your heavenly father do to you if you do not forgive each other from the heart. Look at your neighbor and say, he was just talking to you right there, he's talking to you right there. Okay, hurry, Flynn. You're taking too much time. All right. Are you there? When you understand this, then you can get that to trust God, to, to really trust fall, means I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm placing everything in your care. I believe. Because this is the gospel. What Jesus did is he preached the gospel about himself. Because that's exactly what he did for us. When you've been found out and when true conviction comes on your life and when God shines a spotlight on your heart and you see how guilty, how corrupt, when you see how defiled your heart is without remedy, then you shout, whoa, Lord, whoa, it's me. Help me, forgive me. And Jesus reveals his incredible sacrifice to pay for your debts. Then it brings you to the verse of scripture, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. One translate, forgive us our trespasses as we, this is really interesting because I had never seen it quite that way. In the same way, one translation said, forgive us our debts in the same way that we forgive our debtors, those that owed us. No wonder the Lord makes it clear in, in the scripture. If you want an answer from heaven, if you want faith to receive, then what, what the process of that is let them go. Don't you dare hold anything. No matter what they did, No matter how unfair, unjust, unscrupulous, treacherous. We, we have a people today that God needs to heal in this realm so he can do great and mighty things with them. If God can heal you from that stuff, then he can make you an agent for his glory. If God can heal you from this stuff, he can take fear from you so you can talk to anybody, anytime, any place about him. If God can help you with, to let go the ones that have done whatever they've done to you, then God can take you and use you powerfully for the kingdom. 
talk about a story to tell. I think I need a keyboard person to help me speed along. I got so much more I want to tell you. Yeah, I, I, I got so much more I want to tell you about this because I know he's setting you up to succeed. Tell your, tell your neighbor, he's setting us up to succeed. And that's why you being able to walk in trust fall is so amazing. Check this out, Luke 17, verse 4 and 5. And if he's committed, and if he sins against you, Jesus talking to his disciples, if, he's, if your brother sins against you seven times a day and then returns to you seven times, saying, I repent, forgive him. He didn't say, judge him, say, you lying, you don't repent, you lying. You know, by the second time, you say, oh, no, I don't want to hear that. Third time, you just get out of my face. Fourth time, I don't want to hear it. Fifth time, you know, the number comes up, boop, you don't even answer it. Am I right? Jesus said, let me, let me give you, let me give you heaven. Let me give you the kingdom. Let me give you my kingdomology. Here's the way it works in the kingdom. He said, look, seven times. If he comes to you seven times in a day and he repents and he says, forgive me, forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, check it out. What did, what did the apostle say to the Lord? Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't have that. Uh, uh, can you, is it possible for you to put The apostle said to the Lord, what? In the light of forgiveness? Really? Now you telling me I got to forgive him? He don't mess over me. Ain't going to do it again and again and again. Come back and say, I'm sorry. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Man, I thought about the, those. I thought it, it really messed me up. I thought about the people who are motivated by drugs or by substance abuse who really do mean well. It's just that they don't have what it takes not to go there anymore yet. God, and, and isn't it just like the devil to use people who are in a, revolving, in a revolving cycle of sin in your life, but you're related to them because you're your brother. Isn't it amazing that when they do that, that God said, you want my favor? I'll tell you what, forgive them. Don't tear it up. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. Then he turns around and he says, Lord, increase my faith. <laughs> They had a problem. Hello, somebody. They were like African-Americans who live in America today. They were like Americans who live in today. They live in a violent society that shows when somebody does you wrong, cut their head off. They do you harm, you do them harm. You think about ways you can get them back. Or worse, you might do me once. Shame on me. You're going to do me twice? Just the other way around, right? Jesus says, that's not the way I operate. You want your prayers answered? Good. I'm able to answer your prayers. But here's what I'm requiring of you. The situation come up in your life like this, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to come to me to get what you need to do this because this is divine. This is not flesh. This is not positive thinking. <laughs> you need a transformation in your heart. So when your brother sins against you, you can really for you say, I forgive you. You, you don't, I'm not holding this against you. Wow. And
And they said, give us faith. Because they saw the connection between faith and forgiveness. They had to learn to trust fall God when it came to what seemed to be impossible. Are you breathing, saints? So, I draw this to a close. And you're going to be so glad you're sitting on the front row. Because people who sit on the front row in Metro, you never know what is going to happen. I'm going to make a suggestion. If you're not in the front row, and there's an empty seat in the front row, I want to say if you, if you if practice a trust fall and fill the seat in the front row. Because you never know what's going to happen. I don't know what it is. Something about this side over here that just, they just, they just move on the bishop's word. Bam! It's like right now, they take them a while over there. Take them a while. So in this verse, in, in Proverbs chapter 3, in Proverbs chapter 3, he continues on, and, and uh, it's, it's an amazing passage of Scripture. So when you go to Proverbs 3 and 5, are we there, Ken? In all your ways, verse 6, acknowledge him. And then verse 7 is really in your face. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Say it, say it. You see, beloved, if you are the wise in your own eyes, you're going to be despised by the other guys. Just trust us in the front row. It's a trust fall, okay? Going to be obedient. Kenny, can you put this online? Verse 7, can you put it? 7, 8, and 9, can you put it online? What does it say? Do what? Read it for me, saints. But what? And do what? Well, we could preach a whole message on that. Because if you understood what was impacted in the word, if I unpack the word, the fear of the Lord, you go, oh my God. Most things that men and women want in life, health, wealth, and wisdom, come from the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord and turn away from evil. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Verse 8, everybody's sick, listen to this. It will be what? I can't hear you. Healing to your... And what else? Lord, have mercy. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. And your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Okay, so here's what I've discovered. I've discovered, I was, I, yes, I was saying this morning to our class, I said, um, I've discovered how to find a man's heart. If you are not married yet and you're looking for a mate, hear ye, hear ye, the word of the Lord. 
If you want to know that the condition of the person you want to marry, all you have to do is follow the money. Look at your neighbor, tell him what I said. Follow the money. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Find somebody else say, follow the money. Follow the money, baby. Follow the money. I promise you, Jesus said, for where a man's treasure is, there will his, okay, reverse it. For where a man's heart is, there will his treasure also be, right? So if you really want to know what we treasure, see, money really is a magnification of what we treasure. Money's nothing within itself. Money has no value until you move it, put it into process. In the bank, it might draw a little interest, but the whole issue is the dollar bill. If you have all these dollar bills stacked up at home, they do absolutely nothing but give you false hope. False because somebody can burn them up. Somebody can steal them. Money is only valuable when you move it. That's why it's called currency. Are you flowing with me? Are you flowing with me? Okay. So, excuse me, did you give him, you gave him the pie already? That's good. Thank you so much. You proactive. <laughs> you you saved him. You saved him five minutes. Amen. So everybody on the front row, it's kind of like this. We we can find out where you are with the Lord. And somebody asked me, how do you do? Just check out the checkbook. There's several books in your life that. There's several books in your life that reveal who you are, where you're going. One of them would be your devotional book, your calendar book, your dream book, your check book. If I, if I looked at those books, I would have a really good picture of what you are becoming and also what you've become. I missed one, there's one missing, I can't remember what it is. It's, it'll come to me. But if I look at those books, it would just be amazing. And, and so, uh, so I said, okay, if you check, if, check out the checkbook, you find out what the real deal is. Because what we do with our money is really an indication of how much we trust God in the fall. So, each of you have a piece of pie. By the way, you are not restricted to hold this pie right now. You can eat the pie right now. So I mean, this is one of the first times you get to eat in church because it's a good deal. I didn't want you to be suffering. Just like, oh, you know. <laughs> okay, so the reason why I get, would you bring this to me? The reason why I gave them a piece of pie is because it reveals their trust. And what the real deal is, is every single one of us, every single one of us are faced with this every month it it really it really is a depiction how trusting we are to god because it will manifest in what i have money is one of the one of the great ways and since money is one of the major ways that god grows your faith what you do with that money is a real depiction, is a real picture of where you are with the Lord. God is the one who, who uh, economy is his idea. And because it's so important, he, he, he says, uh, I'll tell you what, if, he, he puts this kind of importance. He says, if, if you are 
not faithful with mammon, how can you handle the true riches? Wow. Really? Really, Pastor? Yeah. That's, how, that's what the Lord thinks about it. So you might say that the way you handle what he brings you, what you do with it, is a serious picture of what you really think about what you own, what you have, what you think about him. You would think the more money somebody makes, the greater amount they would give, right? The more money people make, the more they give, right? I'm sorry, help me, right? Help me, help me, Ken, quickly. Here's what we discovered in research. Here's what we discovered. People had an income between 25,000, between zero and 25,000. The average giving that do give is 7.7%. Those of a 25, $25,000 to $50,000, what is the average that they give, according to our study? 4.8. Are you all there? Okay, $50,000 to $75,000. How much percentage of their income do they give? 3.5. You can go online and you can start checking out these studies so it'll be more substantial in terms of uh, credibility about what I'm saying to you. It's really incredible. How about those who are making $75,000 to $100,000? How much do they give? How about $100,000 to $200,000? What's the average giving of those that do give? 2.6. And above $200,000, say what? So you might say it this way. The more people make, the tendency is the less they give. Is, are Metro, are you still with me? Enjoy your pie while I'm doing this, okay? So, so he, here's what I'd like you to, to think about. If the Lord wants to bless your life, Oh, by the way, and, and, and why, why does this happen? The more money you have, the more money you can spend on the things you desire. Where does your money go? Somebody tell me. Mortgage? How many of you all have to pay mortgage or rent? How about electricity? And, if, and during the winter, it goes up. How about water bill? How about gas? Anybody use natural gas? How about food? How about your, your food bill as big as your mortgage? How about transportation? And everything that goes with like insurance, maintenance, car fuel, cleaning. Some people clean their cars as much as they put gas in their cars. Yeah. How about your life insurance, your home insurance, your car insurance, your on and on? Say it again. I thought you, you gave me a good suggestion. And then here comes, here comes a wife and here comes children. Sometimes children come before the wife. Nobody's laughing. I'm not, it's the reality of life. Okay, when how many of you found kids to be expensive? I'm, I'm, are there many of you that would say, I want a mama, I want to make, make you spend money? And then kids grow up, and then they go to college. 
How many parents in here have children in college? Leave your hands up. Kids in college. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and more money because you're going to need it. This is what I think. Life gets bigger. In America, life is big. And, and when income increases, we just find more things to spend. Are you guys okay? And yet, the Bible says, the Bible says, bring in all of, well, God says it this way when he's speaking to Israel. He said, will a man rob God? That's, that's Malachi chapter 3. I'm almost done. Will a man rob God? What are you talking about rob God? Really? Will a man rob? How are you going to rob God? God owns everything. Yes, he does. But when he says rob me, he means you're taking away from me my opportunity to reveal who I am. The cattle on a thousand hills, he owns and the hills. So it's not like you're going to bank... Take, talk to you and say, you cannot bankrupt, bankrupt God. Tell them, you can't bankrupt. Your two cents is not going to bankrupt God. You know, trying to, trying to bankrupt God because you're mad at him so you don't give him nothing is like taking a thimble and dipping it in the ocean thinking you're going to deplete the ocean. Will a man rob God? He said, but you've been robbing me. How? In tithes and offerings. So then verse 9 Put verse 9, Kenny, because some people think that it, this is not my writing. This is the word of the Lord. He said this. You are, read it, with a, for you are. Yeah. And then the Lord says, I want you to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house and test me in this. Test me in Test me in this. Test me in this, says the Lord. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessings until it overflows. Not only that, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for you. I'm going to rebuke the devourer for you. See, some of us have an ought against God because we know what he promises, but we've not seen it. Is it possible that the reason why we've not seen it is because we have not completed all that it requires of us. I'm giving you these things for your profit. So you can, so you can proclaim what God Almighty has done for you because you have been obedient to him. So the Lord said, I want you to bring all of it, all the whole tithe. The whole tithe means, and I think many people have wrestled with this, because sometimes legalism tries to wrestle you down. And I got people telling me, well, you know, tithe is Old Testament. Are you kidding me? What do you mean? Old Testament, Old Covenant, what? Because you can find tithe in the New Testament. In fact, they said, well, tithing is of the law. No, it's not. Tithing came about before the law was ever created. Tell your neighbors that the tithe was here before the law was here. You don't believe that? Read the life of Abraham and see who he tithed to. Lord Moses had not even come yet. In fact, technically, I can take you all the way back to Genesis. I don't have time to do that. But listen to me. People that wrestle with this on the inside is because they have not learned to trust. 
said, well, I tithe. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I said, well, 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 tell me how you tithe. Well, I make sure that God gives him 10% every time. Okay. When? At, at what point? I'm asking you. At what point does he get your 10%? For, for some of you, I know it's true. You don't, you don't even wrestle with this because you're like, this is already a done deal in your life. But for many people, God is not first because tithing, the definition of tithing, the defin, excuse me, the translation of tithe is tenth. The definition of tithe is the first tenth. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I'll calm it down. When I, when I just, I said, oh God, that's why. Because we, we, we did everything else and then we squeezed out his tenth. Or worse than that, we paid Uncle Sam. We, we all had, took our pie and we sliced it up and we gave the, the loudest voices our pie. And then at the very end, at the very end, we had this left over. Okay, God. Look at your neighbor and say, he talking to you, he ain't talking to me. Okay. I got to go home. I got to go home. Write it, write it down. Write it down. God does not do leftovers. Write it down, okay? God does not do leftovers. God don't do leftovers. If I honor him, my king, my lord, my creator of the oceans. If I honor him, last thing I'm going to do is give him leftovers. You're not going to be a second, third, fourth thought. You're going to be my first thought. And that's what he's looking for anyway because my first thought is a revelation of my heart and what I really treasure. Okay. All right, Johnson, about done on that one. Here, take this in. Don't give it to God. Eat it. Might as well eat it. Just eat it, huh? About who now? About leaving Jesus. Oh, see, the problem is, this is the last thing. This is the last thing you give God. Your leftover pie. Are you serious? Everybody done picked over it. <laughs> then got the big, the little, the salt piece, the crust. Then got all the crust. He said, then, then we say, here Jesus, got enough nerve to say, Jesus, you the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. What? You're the source of my contentment, hope for us. Really? Here's what I want to do today. Let's make history in the kingdom of God. Let's 100, say 100% of Metro. We make a distinction today. God is first. 
clap your hands and give him praise. Praise him. Bless his name. Clap, clap bigger, clap louder so I can quit. And, and what I love about this, what I love about this is God said, if you will just prove me. By the way, I couldn't run last year. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I want God, I want heaven to know who's first in my life. I want heaven to see my trust fall. Why is it so important? Because when you start this, you've got some things that are yapping at you, that are talking to you, that are, that, that are obligations that you've created. God didn't create those things, you did. So to trust him would mean he gets my first. I don't know what I'm going to do about this yet, but God, you said, My sweetheart, I remember when we first started teaching this, the Lord tell them, give me 90 days. Give me 90 days. I used to say to people, give me 90 days. Get, try this for 90 days. Try it for 90 days. Really, try it for 90 days. Make that tithe to the Lord the first thing before everything else because he's wanting you to prove him with what you value your treasure so if he's your greatest treasure and you know that all things come from him then prove him and the Lord said if you try me watch me open heaven I got ways you haven't even thought of I say give me 90 days I've had people journey with me in this realm and all hell broke loose I said I'll be with you in this if we have to eat hot dogs together. And bro, we did. If we have to eat hot dogs, if I have to say, come on over to Bishop's house, I'll, I'll find something, we'll eat. I said, try it for 90 days and see. Only time in scripture I hear God saying, try me, try me. He said it before James Brown said it. Try me. Try me. I want you to be by my side. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we got to go home. It's 12 o'clock. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay, look, one more time. Bow your head. Those of you that this has not been the case, yes, you have been tithing, but it, you never thought of it this way. You never thought, God, you want my first. Some people said, you know what? I want to forever lock it in. So they automate their tithe. And make sure. It's the first thing. We can do that here at Metro. You automate it so that it comes out because, not because it comes out first because you, you direct it. You say, God, this is the way it is with us. I'm not worrying about this. You have this right now. I'll talk to you about any other kind of giving. We'll talk about that next week. But right now, I want to see the greatest trust fall is for the foundation of your economy. And, not, and, and quit punking God and trimping on God and treating God like he's second class. 
And you know what's amazing to me? The folks that resist this ain't got nothing. Or they're in financial trouble. It's not going well for them. They want their career. They want their job. They want their product. They, they want all that to go move. But they haven't done the base. This is not, I'm not trying to fuss at you. This is basic, this is basic kingdom economics. One-on-one. And yet many of God's people have not understood that. But those that do and follow him, they are not sorry. And I want you as your heads are bowed, if you need to make a little different decision about this, I want you to make that decision today. And those of you have not started yet, you need to start. There was a time when we used to predicate our membership on tithers. If that would be the case here today, some of you would have problems. God wants to open the windows for you. Pour out over you. I'm not sure where the offense came in your life so that you resist God's invitation for prosperity. I'm not sure where it happened. It may have been in a personality. It may have been a previous church. It may be in the life of somebody that you didn't like their life. They, they didn't live a life before you. And, and it, it, it could come from your parents. Sometimes your parents will give you those, those presuppositions in your heart where you don't, you, don't, you don't trust them people down there. I, I do get that too. Wherever, wherever the enemy came to sow that offense in your heart, and worse than that, offense at God, that he's not trustworthy, that his word is not true. It is a lie. It is a lie. And I want you today, I want us today to dethrone that principality in this house, over this region, over this property, and over this people, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we declare in the name of your Son that the whole house of Metro honors you first. And I thank you for making us prosperous beyond our present means and advertise your goodness and your greatness. Would you do it, Father, I pray. In the name of your Son, bless these that say, yes, Bishop, with you, together, we will do this. Amen. Okay, so if you're with me on this prayer, stand on your feet. If you're with me on this prayer, stand on your feet. Empty your hands and raise them to the Lord and stop looking at your giving as non-consequential. Stop looking at your giving like it doesn't matter and doesn't count. 